So tonight we're going to learn a piece from the Gain, but not this week's Parsha. But in honor of Shavuos, we're going to learn a piece from Parsha's Mishpatim, Parakhav Dalit Pasagirchas, which speaks about Meshur Rabbeinu being up at Ar Sinai, which is obviously uh, very appropriate for this Yantiv. So by him Meshur Bahar Arboim Yom Arboim Laila, the Pasuk says that Meshur Rabbeinu was on top of Har Sinai for 40 days and 40 nights. Before we get to what the Gain says, I just want to uh, share a medrash with you. The medrash says, how did Meish Rabbeinu know when it was day and when it was night? It says that, it was, that he was up there 40 days and 40 nights. It sounds like he would be able to tell the difference between day and night. But the problem is that in Shamayim, there's a passage that says that it's always light up there. There's always like light. It's never dark. So if that's the case, then how did Meshur Rabbeinu know when it was Yem, when it was Laila? So the, so the Medrash says, and it's a very important Medrash, uh, that when HaKadosh Baruch Hu taught Meshur Rabbeinu Tayrish he knew that it was night. And when he taught him Tayrish Bechsav, he knew that it was day. And we learn from here that the proper time for Torah Shabbat Peh is, is at night, and the proper time for Torah Shabbat is by day. And that you're not really supposed to be learning Torah Shabbat at night, because that's a time of din, it's not a time for rachamim, Torah Shabbat is more rachamim, Torah Shabbat is, uh, is, is din, night is appropriate for Torah Shabbat and not for Torah Shabbat It's not really as true the other way, even though it sounds like, you know, we shouldn't be learning Gemara by day, but it seems that by day it's okay to learn Torah Shabbat and Torah Shabbat but at night, night is really a time that you should be learning uh, primarily Torah Shabbat like Gemara. It's okay to learn Chumash, let's say, if you're going to be um, learning it with Perushim, if you're learning it with Rashi, you're learning uh, Ramban, so then it already has like more of a flavor of Tarsh Peh. But if you're just, let's say, being Maver Sedra uh, alone, so, so the night is not the most appropriate time. Obviously, it's better to do that than to watch a movie. But, you know, all things being equal, the night is really earmarked for Tarsh Peh. Isn't that Thursday night, Friday night, Tarsh Peh is okay? Yeah, so Friday night, Friday night... Uh, Klai Yisrael does uh, learn, you can be Mavri Sedra and everything, because Shabbos is different. Shabbos is like a Bechina, it's not, it's not really Yaim or Laila, it's just a, it's a Bechina of Bifnei Atzma. So there's no, Shabbos is no Din, and uh, that's why uh, Rav Hutner has a piece that you don't, you're not supposed to say uh, goodnight on, uh, on Shabbos. You don't say uh, Friday night, let's say before you go to sleep, you don't say goodnight. Because it's not, there's no Bechina of Laila. Uh, it doesn't say by Erebai Vaiker on Shabbos. Shabbos is just all a Bechina of, of Yaim. It's Yaim Shabbos. There's no night per se. We don't have it. So therefore, it doesn't have that din of, uh, you heard Thursday night also? Only the Shabbos. I know Friday night. I don't know. I, I never heard about Thursday night. Um, I about Shabbos all the time. What? You identify it as Lashavas, but it's not really a of, of night. 
you're not supposed to say good night. It's a there's no night when it comes to Shabbos. Um, so all right, that's that's a very uh, that's an important um, halacha. It's brought down. I think the Ber Halacha brings down this what we just said to speak about the about being Mavri Sedra and the appropriate times. I think he brings uh, this from this pasuk. Anyway, but let's see what the Yalkut says. The Yalkut Esau. He was with Hashem for 40 days and 40 nights. How is it possible that he, was, that he didn't eat for 40 days and 40 nights? How is that possible? He was with Hashem. Presumably he adopted the Minig in Shamayim, right? That he, they don't eat up there. So... How how is that possible? How does a person survive? Right, there's a shear of how long a person could survive uh, without eating and drinking. Right, the Gemara speaks about in the Dharam about how long a person could last without sleeping, without eating, uh, and it's a lot less than forty days. So how did he do that, my Shabbenu? Reb Tanchuma b'shem Reb Lazar, Reb Abin b'shem Reb Meir Aimer, Hamashal Aimer. The Mashal says. When you go to a city, you go after its customs. When in Rome, do like the Romans. Does that answer the question of the Medrash? No, how does that answer the question? Just The question was, how did Meshach physically survive for 40... Oh, no problem. When, you, when you're in Rome, do like the Romans. Okay, so, oh, so now he's able to survive. Got it. How does that answer the question? Maybe. Uh, so there's a lot of measures, please, by the way, on this, uh, about the, in the previous guidance, there is, uh, if you want to look up in the safer before this, he has, there's a lot of uh, measures, please, about the yaksas, like him, the But this is not as much of a measures, please, but let's see what he says. He says, not answering the question. This is, by the way, this is, this is not the Vilna Gain himself talking yet. We'll see why, why this is brought in the Vilna Gain Sefer. Uh, this is from a Sefer called Divrei Sha'ol al from the great Gain, Rabbi Yasef Shaul Halevi Natanson, who was the Rav in Lemberg. Uh, he was the Shailu Meshev, and this, is, uh, this was his Kasha. And this is his Teretz. He says, Venerally, so the Shalomeshev says that a person is mechuber, a person is comprised of a guf and a nefesh. We're all made of a body and a soul, which is a pella. That itself is a pella. That we're able to, that Kashbrach is able to put like two opposites together and to keep it all, all as one. In fact, we make a bracha every day about this pella. Anyone know what bracha that is? In the bracha we make many, many times every day, Asher Yatzar. When you come out of the bathroom, you make a bracha of Reifei Chal Basar. Hashem creates all flesh, Umafli Lases, and he's, and it's a pella. He does wonders. So what's the wonders that he does? Well, it's not, not telling us what that is. So if you look in the Raman, Shulchan Aruch, he says that the pella is that he's mekasher, the guf, with a nefesh. 
the fact that HaKadosh Baruch Hu is somehow able to keep a guf, which is totally physical, with a nefesh, which is totally ruchni, and, and somehow allow every human being to, to, to have this bond of, of ruach and guf, of nefesh and guf, that's a pella. That's who Mahlilasis. That's that's the greatest Pella that exists in the Bria is that he uh, that he's able to mitstarif, Akarishbrahu's mitstarif, the guf and the nefesh. Vihine, mitzad nefesh has sikhli hayachaladumlachiasplimaichal umishta. Now let's focus for a second on the nefesh that we have. We all have a nefesh. That's what gives us chiyas, that's what keeps us alive and sustained. So the nefesh itself does not need food. It doesn't need food. It's a, it's, a, it's a heavenly part. Heaven doesn't, they don't need food up there. In fact, if, you, if you're hoping that, you know, after you die and you go to Ganeidan, you're going to get shawarma and sushi all day, you're going to be in for a rude awakening because the Gemara Brachas says that there's no food and drink. And there's no uh, a lot of the things that we think are going to be taking place up there is not up there, but what is up there? The Gemara says, and enemies of that they get hana from the shechina. That that hana that you get is far greater a pleasure than any sushi that you could ever order, or any uh, steak or or pizza that you could ever order. So you're not going to be missing it, but. It's not, you have to understand, like, what's going on in Shemayim. In Shemayim, there's no, the, the concept of eating and drinking is a purely physical concept. That's a, an animalistic, animals are also, all they do all day is eat and drink. That's all they do. So we have that in us, but that's not the nefesh. The nefesh as sikhli, we don't need that. We don't want that, the food and the drink. We, would, we were able to get fed and to be nourished just from the, the spiritual elements of our life. So we're learning, we're davening, we're doing mitzvahs, all of that is what gives us the chiyas for the nefesh. Because you have a body, the body part of us needs to eat and drink. But the ruach in us if we'd be able to, let's say, sever the, the nefesh and the guf, the nefesh part of us would be fine. We don't need to eat and drink. It's only the guf that is physical, that's what needs food and drink. He says a palatica thing here. He says, if a person is on the madrega, that, I mean, you have to ask yourself, what are you? What, what's the ikr? What, what am I be'ikr? Am I guf or am I nefesh? How would, you, how would you rate yourself? Are you more guf or are you more nefesh? Let's say, you know, on a sliding scale, so, you know, many people are, we're all about guf. We're all about eating and drinking. By the way, I'm not talking about Suda mitzvah or eating and drinking on Shabbos and Yantav. That's a different, that's already bebechinas a mitzvah. That's not what we're talking about. But just in general, like, what are you, you know, are we, are we nimshach? Is our bodies constantly racing after food and drink and entertainment and pleasure and, uh, and doing everything physical? That's one type of person. That type of person needs to eat and drink a lot. But there's another type of human being whose body is really only here to serve the nefesh. 
And our eyes see that there are tzaddikim g'day that their heart is nimshach after their nefesh, after their seichel. And what happens by these tzaddikim? They are mimayit with mayachim. They don't need to eat and drink so much. The only reason why they eat is just to keep their body basically going. They don't want to faint. They don't want to get sick. So they eat a little bit, but really they don't want to eat and drink. They're, that's not what they're here for. They're here primarily to, uh, to serve HaKadosh Baruch Hu. So the more that your body is focused on, on, on Ruchnius, the less you need to eat and drink. You'd almost get it down to the point that you don't need to, but obviously you do need to. Who, are there any G'daylam or Tzadikim that, that anyone in this room could think about that, is, that lived within the last decade that, that comes to mind from what he's saying? Stein. Excellent. I was hoping one person would get it. Okay, great. Rav Steinemann is like the person that I would have also said. Uh, he is this. This is, this is Rav Steinemann. Rav Steinemann used to eat. He was so skinny he would mamish eat nothing. He would, he would eat mamish the bare minimum. He would, he would take pills, I think, just to give him some nutrition, like vitamin pills, but like to, just to supplement his diet, but he had no interest in eating and drinking. They, you know, he had, and whatever he did was like, he wasn't interested in it at all. He had no interest. All he wanted to do was serve the Rabbanish Shalom. So they say, uh, they say a few great stories about him, that he, um, that one, he used to be a Rashiva in a place called Kfar Saba. And the Yeshiva was, you know, probably back 40, 50 years ago, was doing very bad financially, really, really bad. And they told Rav Steinman that unfortunately we're not going to be able to, uh, to pay you uh, your regular salary, whatever. I'm sure it was, it was probably a very small salary to begin with, but we're not going to be able to pay you. So he says, all right, so what's the plan? Like, how am I going to eat? So he's, they said, no problem, we have that worked out. We're going to send you over every week some farmer near Kfar Saba. He, 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 uh, his, he plants and he, his, his, his farm produces rhubarb. If anyone knows what rhubarb is. What? It's not, really... not so edible, right? You ever had rhubarb? Rhubarb is not... You have to put like a lot of sugar and, and stuff on it to make it somewhat edible. And for a whole year straight, it's all they ate. Breakfast, lunch, supper, rhubarb, rhubarb. You would not be able to sit down. I wouldn't be able to sit down and eat rhubarb for one meal. It wouldn't be shy. I'm telling you, I've had it. But he had, he had it for a whole year, three times a day, and Shabbos and Yanta, that's all he ate. And somebody like heard the story and didn't believe it. Like, I know the person who who who, heard, who asked. So he he asked the Rebetzin, who was in the terrace, uh, you know, a good many years ago. But he asked her when she was still alive, uh, "Is it true? Is this legend about the rhubarb true?" So she says, "Yeah. Well, why is that such a big deal? It was very good." And on Shabbos, the yeshiva gave us a little sugar, so I was able to add some sugar to it when we cooked it. And it was fine, and they they were mamish like they were living in a in a in a plane way above. We don't understand that, right? With us, it's mamish pizza, Carlos and Gabby's, um, you know, uh, barbecue. 
and then repeat. You know, that's basically what we do. But, you know, he didn't need that. That's because we, you know, we're, we're, we're physical beings, and we're used to it, and that's how we, it's kishmak. that's a big part of our life, food and drink and working out and, you know, and stuff. But for tzaddikim, they're not, they have no interest in it. So he mamish ate the bare minimum. Oh, and let me just tell you the important part of that story. At the end of the year, so he, they said, Baruch Hashem, we got a big donor, we're back, we're good again, we're back in the black, the yeshiva. So now we're not going to just pay you going forward, we're going to pay you all the back salary that we didn't pay you for a year. Not bad, right? So Shineman, like looked at them like they were crazy. So like, why are you giving me back salary? Why would I want from yeshiva? He says, you think I'm in chinuch to be rich? He says, the only reason why I'm taking a paycheck from you is just to barely get by so I'm able to live and give, give over Tyra. So I don't need to have, you know, the yeshiva has to pay me to survive. I survived the year. So let's just go forward. Weiter, like give, give me a, the paycheck to go forward. Well, you don't have to give me back. Back pay, it's ridiculous. For him, it was like so, like such a dover pasha that, uh, that 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 was. I mean, I would have personally probably taken it and then complained for you know, I want a little more, but um, that's not what happened with Rav Steinman. So what happened was that Rav Steinman, when he took over from Rav Shach, Rav Shach basically passed over the torch to Rav Steinman. He was like the Gadladar after Rav Shach, the Gadladar, and. He came out with some piske halacha that were a little bit more lenient um, than maybe people in Bnei Brak were used to. Uh, specifically about about Nachal Haredi, you know, he was he wasn't against Nachal Haredi, and he was maybe even a little for it. And, and there were kanaim in Bnei Brak. Everyone knows what Nachal Haredi is, right? It's like the like a from. Uh, from part of the army. And normally, you know, there's a total, you know, there's a total, Haredim don't go to the army, Beshita. But he felt that in certain circumstances, a guy, let's say, isn't learning anyway, and they can make a special troop just for from people, that is Shemitah Mitzvah, and they keep the, you know, keep the halachas and give kosher food, and they learn, whatever, it's okay. That's Hodi Paskin. And there were Kanam that went crazy. And whenever he would speak in certain places, there would be people that would like scream and make hafkanot against them. It was terrible. It was a tremendous bizayinatayra. But so somebody said to one of these kanayim, you know, about you know he was going up against Rav Steinman. He says, "I want you to know something about the person that you're going up against. You think like you can you could play games with." He says, "What Rav Steinman were what." What you ate in in the last forty days, Rav Steinman hasn't eaten in forty years, and what you learned in forty years, Rav Steinman learned in forty days. So, like before you start messing with Rav Steinman, like just be very careful because, like Chazal say, you have to be very careful about the coals of Tamdechachamim. Like you're going to get burnt from it. Like never, just as a piece of advice, never ever. Make fun of any gedolim. I don't care if they're svaradim, Ashkenazim, you know. Just don't make fun of gedolim because it, it has there's a very very uh, heavy price, heavy cost to, to making fun of gedolim. I think I've told you the story, um, and I always tell this to my daughters that uh, there was a seminary in Israel who um, 
I don't know, some of the girls at night, they were like looking through a picture book of G'day Yisrael. It may, it may very well be one of my books. I'm not sure because a lot of seminary girls, from what I understand, use them at night. And I know my daughter's seminary, and they didn't even do it else, my daughter, but they put, you know, from great Jewish inspiration on the bulletin board, every week there was another quote, and then at night they were chazing, whatever, it was like a whole thing. But, so uh, that was a flex, a real flex. What? The flex me there, I said, no. So, um, so what happened was that the girls came to a picture of Rebarach Bear. And Rebarach Bear, and one of the girls made fun of his appearance, which is a pal. He looks beautiful. Rebarach Bear has, it looks like a Malachashem Tzavakas. I just don't know what they could have ever made fun of him about. But one girl made a disparaging comment about his appearance. Within a half an hour, she got, she developed like a, a previously unknown case of Bell's palsy. Like her face became paralyzed, like, or half her face, her whole face, whatever. All of a sudden, she was not able to move her, her face. And, you know, you don't have to go to a Makubal to figure out that it was a direct consequence of making fun of Baruch Bear. So she called her father. Her father was in America. He flew in, and they went together to Rav Steinemann. So a good tie into to this story. Um, and Rav Steinemann said that, um, you know, you have to go to, you have to get a minion, go to Baruch Bear's kever and ask Mechil, and then it's, the problem's going to go away. Okay, that's cool. Two problems. First of all, Baruch Bear was buried in Europe, not in Eretz Israel. And number two, they didn't know where Baruch Bear was buried. He was buried like, uh, you know, he died um, in, during a war, and, he, and they, they buried him very quickly, and they didn't know, they have no, there was no gravestone to figure out where it was. They called um, relatives, and relatives said that we have a Messiah in the family, that he was buried like perpendicular to his father. So what they did was they used like, um, like some technology, like a sonar technology, like maybe they flew a drone or something, I don't know, they were able to see that there was a perpendicular grave right near the father. They didn't know which side of the father. It could be by his feet, it could be by his headstone. But they, they saw that there was one in the whole cemetery, there was one uh, in, in the ground, there was a, a grave that was perpendicular in that area. So they hopped that it was him. They, they put up a matzeva right there. He got a minion together to ask Mechila, and then right away the daughter's face went back to normal. So I always tell my daughters, do not make fun of G'dayla Yisrael. Do not. It's just shut your mouth. Do not say a word. If, even if people are saying anything, just, just walk away. It's just not worth it. So that is, uh, but that's Rav Steinman. Rav Steinman was a tzaddik Yisrael. Not everybody was like this, by the way. That's, this is not like the only way to be a tzaddik. There are many people that ate and drank normally. Rav Chaim Kanievsky, I think, you know, I don't, I'm not saying he ate like we eat, but like he ate nicely. He ate, you know, he ate like a mensch. He ate uh, chicken, he ate uh, the soup, and, you know, people ate by a mensch. He had like a cholent. He, he ate, what? Right, he, he ate. He, he was, he was, he, you know, he was. He wasn't. Not everybody, you know, is of this, is of this uh, school of thought. But, but this is a different. Rav Steinman was known to be a very big Pirish, and he was not. Uh, you know, he he wasn't interested because his whole his goof was nimshach totally after his his nefesh. So he was able to get away with eating very little, and that's exactly and that that answers 
how it would be by Meish Rabbeinu. Meish Rabbeinu, we asked the question, how is it that, you know, that, you're, uh, that he's able to survive in Shemayim 40 days and 40 nights? The answer is that it's only, a, it's only a question for us because we couldn't survive that long. We couldn't survive, you know, we could barely survive a day without eating. Like if we have a tinnitus, we go crazy the whole day and we can't wait for, you know, for tzais. But... You know, but for somebody like Meish Rabbeinu, he was so kol kulai ruchni that he never was interested in eating. It's not to say he didn't eat. He did eat, but he didn't need the food. The food was such a tuffle to him. So Melo, when he went up to Shemaim, 40 days before, it wasn't like an issue because he was so kulai ruchni that, um, that it, wasn't, uh, it wasn't a challenge at all. He was able to do it. This is why we bring it in this vad, in this sefer, this is the end of the Divrei Shal from Yosef Shal Natanson that our, our fathers told us from the Vilna Gain how he was mas, he, like, he was sickened, he was like disgusted by all of the appetizing things in the world, all the all the gashmias. He only ate the bare minimum the Vilna Gain did from anything just to sustain his soul. That's the only purpose of his living. He only wanted to go after the seichel. He did not want to go after the guf. And he felt that the more that he ate, the more that he... Uh, that this, by the way, I, I just must say for, uh, for the record, I might have even said it earlier in the Sierra's Vad, I've heard different from the Vilna Gain. This is, this is the Edith Sarabesev Shel Nantzen said, so obviously you can't discount it, and, and maybe I'm wrong, but I've seen other sources, and I can't tell you exactly where I saw it right now, but that the Vilna Gain ate very normally, very well. And they say in Misa, um, from the Dibuk, there was a Dibuk that, that was in Vilna, and it possessed a, like a, a body of a girl in Vilna. A few stories like this around Europe. There's one in Radin, but there was a, one famous one in Vilna, a Dibuk that, and they wanted to get the Dibuk out of the girl's body. So they went to the Vilna Gun. The Vilna Gun wasn't really interested in, uh, in dealing with it. He felt, you know, his tumma, he, 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 wasn't, he didn't want to do anything about it. So the Vilna Gun's Talmidim went to the girl with the Dibuk in it and said, uh, and was speaking like addressing the, the Dibuk and saying, you know, would you be interested in, uh, are you getting out of the girl's body? He says, no. I'm staying in the girl's body. He said, let's say that the Vilna Gain, or Yahu, would come to you now and be mitzava you to leave the girl's body. Would you then? He says, yes. The Vilna Gain says to do it, I would do it. So they asked him, they asked the Dibuk, what are you so scared of the Vilna Gain for? The Vilna Gain is a person that eats and drinks like a regular human being. That's why I, I, I heard different from this version. He eats, he eats meat, he drinks wine, he has his regular food. He's like, a, you know, he's not one of these ascetics that just like, you know, completely are Irish from... So the Dibbuk said, supposedly, I have to find it, but I've definitely seen it inside in a reliable source, 
that that's precisely what we're scared about, the Vilna Gain. He says that his eating, when he eats like a steak, it's like eating carbonus, it's like eating kachim. When he drinks wine, it's like drinking nesachim. It's like whatever the Vilna Gain is eating, it's, there's kedusha in the eating. And so we're, that's, we're, we're more scared of his eating than if you would be a... Sometimes, you know, you could live on a higher madriga with food. If you're able to, if you're able, like Reb Chaim Kanievsky, I don't think Reb Chaim Kanievsky is less of a, of a pirish or a tzaddik than a Steinemann, but he just is a different mahalach. Sometimes a person wants to be pirish from all, all food and drink, and sometimes a person wants to serve HaKadosh Baruch with food and drink. And, and both of them are fine. It's not, you know, it's, it's just two different, there's not, neither one is, is less or more. It's just a different mahalach hachayim, but you could serve HaKadosh Baruch Hu through eating and drinking as well. And um, in fact, there's a, a halacha in Shulchan Aruch. Um, there's a whole simon in Shulchan Aruch. It's a small simon, but it's, I think it's kuf chafches in Aruchayim, if not mistaken. But the simon basically says, shekol kavei nasle yu l'shem shamayim. Everything that you do should be l'shem shamayim. So when you eat, Mechaber says, have in mind that you're eating so you have a better night seder, that you have a better davening. You have a, if you do that, you've, you've uplifted, you've transformed your eating into an into a exercise of Kedusha. Uh, when you're walking, when you're, when you're, whatever, you're sleeping, you're sleeping, if you stop sleep, you're sleeping uh, on your, you know, that, that's, you're just stop sleeping, you're wasting time. But if you're sleeping because you want to learn better tomorrow morning, you want to have a better davening, and that sleep every minute is like, it's Kedusha. It's just a matter of like changing your perspective on everything. If you don't think about it, if you think about nothing, so then you're just doing nothing. But if you, if you channel everything that you're doing, you're playing a game of basketball, if you just stop playing basketball, then, you know, it's, it's worthless. I mean, it's good to be physical, to get exercise, but... In and of itself, you're not really doing anything Kedusha-wise. But if you have in mind, no, I'm doing it to be healthy, I f- so I feel better, I could learn better, I could serve HaKadosh Baruch Hu better, then you've now taken that same game of basketball and you've made it into an Avedah Sashem. So if you look on that halacha, the Bir Hagra says that from here is a teret to the Kusha of Taisis in Avedah Zara. Daf Yud Aleph, if I'm not mistaken. I think, I think it's Avedizor Yud Aleph. So you look at, the, at that Gemara, you like, what is the guy saying? The guy always writes in his Biragra very tersely. He writes very, very few words. So what is he, what's he referring to? So the Gemara in, in Avedizor there speaks about how Rabbeinu HaKadosh used to, uh, he used to have a very big Sudas. And at his Sudas, he'd have Snein and Chazeres, he'd have like all types of delicacies. He'd have radishes and, and, and fruits and vegetables and Snein Chazeres, and it doesn't matter whether it's the sun, summer or the winter, speaking about Rabbeinu and, and Antoninus, that Gemara. So it says, it says, Shnei Gayim Bevitnech, Hatikri Gayim Elogayim, Eilu Rabbi Antoninus. These are, it's talking about these two aristocrats in, in the stomach, in the future of Rivka. Rabbi Van Tishle Paskum al Shulchanam, and never stopped from either their tables, like Snoin, like Chazaris, like Mesacham, like Mesak Shamu. So if you look in Taisus, Taisus says, wait a minute. 
how could this be? The, the Gemara says elsewhere in Ksuvas that Rabbeinu HaKadosh, when he died, he was Zakaf Eser at Spice. He raised his ten fingers, Klape Shemaya, to heaven. And he says, Miyamai, I never got Hana, even Me'etzbekatan, I never got Hana from this world. Not at all. I, I got no Hana from this world. So that's the understanding of the Kashrav Taisas. How could Rabbeinu HaKadosh have all this food and drink and Geshmaka stuff on his table and then at the same time say, I never got Hana from this world? Well, you did. You ate all this good delicacy. So Tyson says, no, he didn't eat it. The people around this table ate it. He really was just like taking, he was like a Steinman. He wasn't eating any of this stuff. He was just, uh, he was, but he, he, you know, he, he was the Nasi, so you have to have a table. He couldn't, if you invite, you make a state dinner, you can't serve everybody matzahs. Like you have to, you know, you gotta, you gotta make sure that everybody is well fed. So that's what it says, like Pascha Mal Shulchanim. So, so, but the Vilna Gain is saying, that no, it's possible for Rabbeinu HaKadosh to have eaten everything. He ate the steak, he had the sushi, he had the, he had the melon, he had the chapla, he had everything. I, how could he say that I never got Hanah from this world? The Tarot says he didn't have Hanah personally, he didn't eat it for his own sake. He was able to channel all of that eating, L'Shem Shamayim. So when he ate a steak, he, was, he had in mind, you know, this is like a carbon. I'm bringing a carbon to Hashem with a steak. I'm going to be strong to serve HaKadosh Baruch with a steak. I'm drinking the wine to feel good, to feel relaxed. I'm able to be, uh, you know, normal and healthy. And whatever you eat, whatever you drink, whatever you're doing, if, you, if you're able to channel it appropriately, then it's, that's considered to be L'Shem Shemaim. It's not personal. It's not, you could live a whole life and, and live very well, and at the, at the end of your life, you say, I never got hung up from this world. Because I didn't. It wasn't for me. It was for HaKadosh for everything. So that's, you know, and that's really what I, the other version of the Gain, that the Gain held that you could eat and you could drink, but when you eat and drink, you have to have it L'Shem Shemayim. But there is this other school of thought that it's better always to be Pirish. It's always better to be Pirish. Um, you know, it's sort of like a Nazir, right? The Gemara says a Nazir, it's a Machlegas, whether it's a Mitzvah to be a Nazir or is it a Chet to be a Nazir? So why would it be a Chet? Because, you know, you're, the Torah said, the Torah didn't say you're adding on something, so you're, you're being Pirish from something the Torah didn't require to be Pirish from. The person that says a Mitzvah because it's good to be Pirish. So maybe that's like the same, I, the same sort of debate, whether or not is it good always to be Pirish as much as you can, or is it not good? To, who, that, who has to be a pirate? Just live normal, eat well, and drink well, and, and, but just channel it towards Shemayim, and that's sort of the two gear size that we're having here tonight in the, in the Gain as well, whether or not what exactly the Gain himself did, we don't know exactly, but either way, this is the Vartha. Meshrabin was on the Har, Arbam Yaim, Arbam What did he eat on the Har? Uh, no, when you're in Rome, you do like the Romans. Okay, but what did he eat on the Har? How, how did he survive? The answer is that People that are living on such high madrigas, they're living, they're more nishamadik. Their whole life is just for HaKadosh Baruch Hu. They need to eat and, and, and drink the bare minimum. They don't require it because they're living for HaKadosh Baruch Hu. So their nishama is the ikr driver of their life. So they don't need to feed the, that, that part of it. A little bit for the guf. But when you're in shamayim, so the guf is bottle. So then, then you wouldn't need maybe anything at all. But if we're living very gashmistical lives, then you go up to Shemayim, it's not going to help you that you're in Rome because your body is going to demand uh, the Meichel that you're so used to and the, and the body is the, the main driver. 
So this is uh, this is a very very important you said, and it's Hashem. We should take it into Chag Shavuos Abalim Lutaymos.